Matt Stepp, you are recording this podcast in your house. I am recording this podcast in my house. Do you think we have enough social distance between us to be safe? There's never enough social distance when it comes to you. Tap and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your quarantine bunkmates at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. You make podcasts like this possible, uh, and you make it possible that we can uh, we don't have to be in the same room. No, we can socially distance just fine, just like this. That's that's what we're going for. We're, we're trying to – look, we're trying very hard to follow the CDC guidelines, to follow local government guidelines, federal government guidelines. We want to keep everyone in Texas and everyone in America and I would say everyone in the world safe, and that is why we are recording this podcast remotely. That's right. We're doing our part. We are. We are we're trying to flatten the curve. Yes, that's a, that's uh, – uh, Tep and Step, the official podcast of Flattening the Curve. I like it. I like it. Trademark so, that. Where's that? I'm going to get Adam on that right away. Yeah, we need to get our boss on, on that. Uh, this is your March edition of Tep and Step, but I'll be honest. Well, you know, we, we can we can tell you guys a little bit. You guys are our friends. We're in the trust um, tree. We're in the trust tree. You, you guys are used to getting off-season podcasts every four weeks or so, every month. Um, we're going to try to do this more often. Because uh, we're both working from home, and as a result, it's a little less like because we can both record this on our on our computers remotely. Um, there's there's a, a a little few actually it's it's a little bit more streamlined, which is probably a damning statement about our our normal setup. Yeah, it is. Well, and we got. You know, we have, we got gigs and we got things to do. You know, we got we got families and we got and the the thing I've noticed about socially distancing and quarantining is is how much time I spend commuting to and from work. I'm saving like two hours a day from commuting to work. So, you know, I've got a little extra time to do this now. And so, uh, between yeah. getting the magazine together and everything else, I think uh, I think what's needed in this world is more tap and step. And you know what? We want to give that to you. And so yes. we hope you'll tell a friend about this podcast and uh, and and let them uh, let them know that there's good stuff going on if you become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, we got a lot to get to. We got, we're going to have a little bit of virus talk as it pertains to high school football. We're going to have uh, coaching change talk, including some juicy, juicy coaching changes. Uh, and then we're going to talk uh, social distancing. We're going to talk quarantine. We're going to talk uh, how we are going to work from home. All of those things, some some tips and tricks, uh, because who do you turn to? Uh, but your official podcast of social distancing. Yes, uh, two uh, high school football nerds who are going to tell you how to socially distance. It just goes it, together, peanut butter and jelly. It really is. And so we will get to all that, but we will start Matthew as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week, uh, Matt Step. Um, uh, a few different ways that we could go about this, but my question for you, and uh, you know, this, this is a uh, this is a a time when the when passing offenses have really taken hold. 
and I think you know the answer to this, but I'm not sure you know it offhand, which is why this is going to be a good challenge. Mad Step, who is the UIL 11 man single game passing touchdowns leader? Uh, for career or for, or for 2019? Single game all time. All time. Um, uh, it's the kid from Bells, uh, Ponder. Um, I think I can't think of his first name now, but the kid from Bells, yeah. didn't he threw 11 touchdowns? You're thinking of Brian Ponder. He threw 11 touchdowns against Trenton in 2017. That's a great guess, but it's not right. Oh, no. Dang it. Did right. somebody beat him already? Did he, did he hold the record not that long? Did somebody beat him? The, the next year, I'm going to see if I can give you some hints. Hold on. Okay. Oh, I love hints. Uh, we are thinking um, – I believe we're thinking 2A. Let me make sure. I, I, I want to make sure. It's, it's definitely going to be a small school. Um, it okay. is. Um, oh, it's the kid from Stanford, isn't it? Uh oh. Uh huh. Do, okay. do you remember his name? Dang it, I don't remember <laughs> his name. But that's right, the kid from Stanford. Stanford through twelve, right? Peyton Bevel. Oh, that's right, Bevel. Yep. Peyton Bevel threw twelve touchdown passes against Dillion in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, let me look this up. I'm gonna look up the box score. It was pretty uh, insane because uh, Delion had uh, um, the coach's kid at quarterback who was really, really – I think he's at UIW now. I think he's at Incarnate Word. So I'm looking at this. Uh, Peyton Bevel in a 90-62 to 62 win over yeah. Delion. <laughs> Delion's uh, 62 and loses by four touchdowns. Threw for 789 yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, four – you know, here's something I appreciate. Four different receivers caught three touchdowns. They spread it around. That's spreading it around. Yeah. And the, the leading receiver was, uh, let's see, his name is, pull up, what's your name? It says T. Mitchell. Uh, his name is Traval Mitchell. Traval Mitchell caught eight passes for 304 yards and three touchdowns to lead the receiving core. Uh, and so there name. you go. Your yeah. Texas High School fun fact of the week. Let's remember – Peyton Bevel and throwing for 12, 789 yards and 12 touchdowns in one game. Big country right. legend right there. That is a big country legend. All right. Let's talk about uh, what everybody's talking about, which is the 2020 summer edition of Dave Campbell's. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> which we but, are hard at work. We are hard at we work are. on it. Just because we're at home doesn't mean we're not working. We are working no. very hard. In fact, arguably harder. Because we'll get I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just sent you batch two today, so hey, we're we're on it. Uh, but we're talking about COVID nineteen, which is the disease that is caused by the coronavirus. Um, the uh, of course, uh, you're listening to this, and you live in the world, and so you know that uh, these are weird times. Stuff's we're happening. All, stuff's happening. Yeah. We're all seeing you know, I'll I'll tell you my 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 wife my wife the other my day. Wife. She told me she was like, you know, I feel really weird about because she because she's like, all I want to do is sit around and and watch the news. Like, I just want to watch the news. And and I said, I don't think that's weird because this is look, this is a singular event in modern human history, and like it's it's 
it's obviously not good. Like thumbs down to coronavirus. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, coronavirus um, bad. Bad. That's uh, hot takes. Yeah. Hot takes here. We've, we've got the courage to say that. Others yeah. don't. Um, but uh, no, it's it is. It's it's weird because it's it's obviously bad and terrible. But at the same time, it like it, we can admit that it is remarkable. It is a remarkable event. Like that. It 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 is. Doesn't happen ever before now, and I hope it doesn't happen so, again. Right, exactly. I hope it never happens again. But you know, I know there have been comparisons to like nine eleven. Um, but I, I kind of mentioned there. I was like, you know, the difference between nine eleven and this. There's a lot of differences. Both are obviously tragic. But one thing that's interesting is that we were all kind of uh, secondarily affected by nine eleven. Right. We were 9-11 happened. But for the vast, vast, vast majority of Americans, thankfully, um, we were not like impacted in a first person way. No, unless you lived um, in New York or, or D.C. or you had right. someone, you know, you had a, you had someone on the planes that you knew. Yeah. It's all we're yeah, all interconnected. Yeah, we're all like this affects literally all of us. Uh-huh. And and that's like that's kind of crazy to me. And so um, it's affected everything. And of course, it, it's affecting Texas high school football because Texas high school football falls under the category of anything. And that's so, right. That's right. For um, us, it does. And, and and I think you know, it, I'm I'm kind of interested right now you, where your head is at as far as what the impact of this virus is on. Texas high school ball because obviously we're in the deep off season. There aren't games being canceled right now, you know, because they're they're still five months away. But uh, I'm kind of interested, kind of you know, when, when you sum up what the impact of Texas of of the, the virus is on on Texas high school ball, what 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 kind of springs to mind? I think the first thing is uh, spring football. I think for the six A and five A schools that that utilize spring football, uh, I I don't see any way we have spring football. Um, at this point. So I, I think that's the first impact is we're not going to have spring football um, and all the schools. And in fact, I know for a fact, most of the schools that were planning on doing spring football have already um, gone to their contingency plan and, and are going to start on August 3rd. And basically everybody's pairing up and trying to find a second scrimmage at this point that was doing spring football. So I guess the most immediate impact um, and then you look at the, the, the law, basically a, a significant chunk of the offseason being lost here uh, for everybody. Um, and I think that that's going to have some impacts. Um, and I'm interested to see what the UIL uh, hopefully and I tweeted about this yesterday. Um, the UIL, you know, the UIL heavily regulates what can and can't be done in the summer as far as strength and conditioning and having, you know, they give two hours per week for a skill specific uh, instruction. Um, I'll be very curious to see if the UIL maybe um, because of what's happened, um, maybe extend that a little bit and maybe give the coaches a little bit more time um, in the summer to give um, sports specific instruction, maybe go three or maybe even four hours um, a week for that. Um, and then I even threw out the idea of, you know, UIL loosening the, loosening the restrictions on coaches um, coaching in the summer, as far as with, with seven on seven, specifically to football, but also the other sports as well, uh, summer volleyball, summer basketball, um, summer baseball, softball, that kind of thing. Maybe the UIL on a trial basis because of the exceptional circumstances that we're dealing with this summer, 
um, maybe maybe even allows that um, as well. But then you go back to seven on seven, um, and you know, right now, as far as I know, seven on seven is still on. But I think if this sense of uh, abnormalcy um, drags too far into May, uh, you got to wonder at that point does does a seven on seven season, quote unquote, uh, even happen as well? Right. And, and that's obviously, you know, that, that would be, that would suck period just for people who like football. And it would also suck for a number of, of, of kind of programs who, who really get a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something that I think is going to be, it's, I, I do think you're right that, that whenever this thing does end and we don't, you know, I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest problem, not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that people are dying, but like the, one of the, one of the major um challenges of this is there's not an end date no um, how do you plan for something that you don't know when it's going to end you've got all these what ifs right and and so i do wonder like whenever it does get to the point where and, and again i'm speculating here but i kind of get the feeling that uh in the same way that we're kind of having what what i feel like is a two a two week ramp up to some pretty severe restrictions it's kind of what it feels like is going. I think we'll also have kind of a two-week warning shot of like, hey, it looks like things are trending in the right way. In two weeks, if things continue to trend in the right way, uh, then we can kind of resume normal life or, or start to do that. It, it's not going to happen. We're, I don't think. I don't think like the government is going to blow a big air horn and say we're done. You know, yeah. like suddenly, like they're going to ramp it down, and so. Uh, that is that's when when it's going to be interesting is is at, at that point what does what what sort of changes does the UIL make to these kind of regulations because you're right they they want to make sure they that they are um, they are being prudent as far as um, you know how much how much people teams can practice and things like that but these are obviously extenuating circumstances where even Look, I mean, I think a huge thing that people aren't necessarily paying attention to is that even weight rooms are closed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, kids like you see all these coaches doing these at home workouts and and, and that's great. Um, But, you know, you have you're going to have some kids who aren't going to do it quite as seriously as others and they don't have supervision um, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully the summer strength and conditioning. I think the UIL has got a lot got a lot to look at um, with this. and I hope they do because what if they're having to look at all these things, it means that we're back to somewhat sense of normalcy. So um, yeah. at this point, I think those are good problems to have. And, and I think the UIL does a really good job. And I think they do a good job of, of – of, and I think, like I said, this year, this year if there's ever going to be a summer where they, they, they loosen some of the restrictions, I think this would be the summer for it. Well, and I also think that, you know, this is, this is when that kind of – tightened and strong relationship between the UIL and the THSCA. Uh, I think that this is an opportunity where that's really going to pay dividends where, you know, whenever they do, you know, whenever they figure it out, I think the UIL, you know, whenever the UIL is going to work closely with the THSCA to say, Hey, listen, what do your members want? Like what would be helpful to your members um, so that we can, we can roll this out. And, and look, um, I, I think you're right. It, you know, if, if you're talking about timelines, obviously we don't know how long this thing is going to last. Uh, if this if this lasts into, I would say this is speculation, but if this thing were to last into mid May, which I think is is you know I want to get people's heads right. I think that's pretty likely. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think May is optimistic. 
I think May is optimistic. If if this thing lasts into mid-May, I think you're probably kissing seven on seven goodbye. Yeah, because um, I mean, the, the tournaments really start that 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 mid-May kind of May 18th. I think it's 17th or 18th is when the really first big weekend of tournaments. Uh, hits so maybe they can salvage it if if in mid-may we get the quote-unquote hey in two weeks we're going to ramp back up maybe they condense everything into one month in june um into three basically just massive weeks of qualifying i don't know um I know those those things there's a lot and, it's, and in the grand scheme of things seven on seven is not a huge deal yeah. um you know i think i think in in those cases it may if, if we get into mid-May and there's no sign of it clearing up, I think it's just going to get scrapped for this year, and, and we're just going to hope that we can start on August the 3rd at that point. So then the next kind of big item, I think, on the calendar would be uh, the THSCA Coaching School and Convention, which is in uh, July 23rd. Is that right? Is that about right? Uh, somewhere around there, around, around July 20th. Yeah, late July 20th. Now, obviously, you know, I, I will say I think people are saying, oh, well, if we have the all clear by then, yeah, July 19th through the 21st is when it is. It's in, it's in San Antonio. Um, if that I would say that that as long as things are clear by July 1, I would bet that that still goes on. Um, you know, after that, it gets a little bit dicey because I know that people are saying, you know, you got to think about reservations and you got to think about uh, people, people planning their as well, you know, to get there. And, and I mean, I, you know, we are, we obviously have a booth. We would have to have our kind of logistics as well as every other person, plus the, the speaking engagements and stuff like that. I think what they'll do is that they will plan on, you know, I think people are going to plan on, on that happening as scheduled, but if this thing stretches into July, um, then it starts to get a little bit, a little bit dicey yeah. and, and, oh, absolutely. and then you can see it go away. Yeah, because if, if if I think at that point, if if because you got to remember, coaching school is July twentieth. The first day of practice is August the third, so yeah. that's two weeks. Um, so yeah, I think if we get to that point, July July nineteenth, July twentieth, and coaching school's off, I think we're in. in I'd say more than likely the se- the start of the season will right. be delayed. So because that's 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 that was kind of my next step, which is uh, look the the first. You mentioned the first week of practice is August, what, August 5th? Is that right? I think it's on Monday, August 3rd. I, I, I don't Monday have it. Yeah. Okay. I, I've that, got that, that, month- first, that first Monday of August. Okay. That's, 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 that's uh, Monday, August 3rd. Um, Monday, August 3rd is, is, you know, at that point, that's supposed to be the first day of practice. Um, I do think that, you know, all things considered, there's obviously a moving target, but you know, there, there are big limitations on two a days. I do wonder if the UIL would would loosen some of those restrictions to allow, you know, maybe an extra conditioning week, so to speak, uh-huh. um, things like that. But but I would say that look, I if you are concerned about this this thing actually impacting games in the 2020 Texas high school football season, uh, the 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 date to know would probably be about. Uh, you know, July 27th, end of July, beginning of August. Um, if that, if it starts, if it, if we're still there and we're still cooped up then, and hopefully not, you know, I hope this thing goes away as quickly as anybody. But um, if this thing is sticking around until the, until the early part of August, that is when we are in serious peril of losing or losing games, delaying games, truncating games, however you want to view it. 
uh, that's when the, the, the actual season, in my mind, as I've kind of played it out in my head, that's when things would really get serious. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that would be a, a, a terrible thing uh, for, for everybody. Um, but also, you know, understand that there are, I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but there are more important things out there um, than Texas high school football. But um, I'm hoping I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and, and think, hope that we're, we're hopefully in the clear um, sooner rather than later. So, and, he, and here's another thing that I thought about. Let's say that we get the all clear and we're able to go to coaching school. Like, that is already an excuse for everybody to prove how much they can drink. Oh gosh, it'll um, be if it's like a first. You, if this is the first time that these guys are going out and being social for the first time in like four months. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the debauchery God would be almighty. They're yeah. gonna have swim meets in the river. Yeah. Well, the river. We, we made us. We, we made us move our booth to the river walk and just watch the number of coaches that fall into the river. So. So. Uh, let us just reiterate, uh, and you don't need to, if you're learning this from us, then you're doing it wrong, but allow your, your internet friends to tell you, uh, wash your hands. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. Um, you keep six feet away from people. If you're sick, certainly stay home, stay home, period, stay home, period. We're going to talk about staying home here at the back half of the show, but, um, just stay home. Be, be smart guys. The, the sooner we all do this, the sooner this thing is over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stay home, wash your hands. Well, yeah, and cough into your elbow. No, don't cough into your hand. Yeah, God sakes. Yeah, cough into your elbow. It's, it's fine. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about some Texas high school football coaching uh, changes, some Texas high football coaching news. Um, and let's talk, I think, probably about the biggest one. We're recording this on Wednesday, March 18th. Uh, the biggest one that came down most recently, which was, uh, that Denton Geyer is now open. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit surprisingly, I think, to a lot of people. I know you had a beat on this for like two Three weeks. weeks. Before, Three I went, weeks. before I went to Jamaica, I, I remember I called you. I, I remember I, I called you. I was sitting in the parking right. lot at my job, uh, and I was on my lunch break, and I had just got off the phone with one of my one of my sources. Um, and this source told me, he's like, hey, man, I, th- I, think, I think John Walsh and Geyer – he's about to leave. And I was like, what? And so that's when I called you and, and we talked about it and, and it was very hush hush. Um, but then when I got back from Jamaica and I turned my phone on, I think, and that was on March 7th. Um, and I turned my phone back on and I had my phone, you know, all the messages started coming through and I had no less than a dozen messages from coaches, um, about John Walsh and Geyer. So the secret started to get out and make no mistake about it. This, this is something, this is not something that, that, that happened. One thing happened and, and coach Walsh decided to leave. I mean, this has been, you know, there's been no secret that, that coach Walsh and the Denton ISD athletic director, Joey Florence, um, weren't, weren't the best of friends. Um, and depending on who you ask, they were, they really didn't have a great, great relationship. And so when you have that going on, that make it's it to me, it's surprising that that Coach Walsh really has has lasted this long um, in Denton with with a with a boss that that he didn't get along get along with all that well. Um, the, now the level, like I said, the level of not getting along varies based on who you talk to, but it still wasn't a great situation. Um, obviously. You know, there's no secret. Coach Walsh um, got into some trouble in 2016 with with his uh, his arrest uh, for um, driving. I think it's DUI. Technically, I think yeah. he was charged with a misdemeanor. Um, 
that was obviously a black eye for Coach Walsh and Denton ISD as a whole. And Coach Walsh had his uh, athletic coordinator duties uh, stripped at that point. Um, so um, you have that factor in, and then you have now this. Um, obviously, the wording of Coach Walsh's statement um, implies that something else has happened. Um, I forgot. I think he said he learned. You learned from your failures. Um, something, something of that nature. I, I don't want to read. I, I don't have the statement sure. in front of me, but he had, he made a reference to that. So that I think you can read between the lines that that something else happened uh, here. And Coach Walsh went on a, whether or not he was forced to resign or if he resigned before he was let go, you know, that's up for interpretation. But but clearly, clearly something's gone down here. Um, and because and Co- you don't just resign. I mean, Coach Walsh has been at Denton Guy for 14 years, won a ton of games, and he just led Guy to a state championship. And they're going to be really good and going to contender for a state title again next year. Yeah. Um, you don't just resign from those kind of jobs without having a job. I mean, now what, now if John Walsh resigned and, and, and it came out like a day later, he was taking college gig, a coordinator gig or something of that nature. I think you could see that, but, but you know, I'll tell you, coach Walsh does not have a job lined up at the moment. Um, so, so, so what you're saying from these jobs, you know, without, um, with no job lined up. So to kind of put a fine point on it, that this was not an amicable split. You would say this was a, this was a, a split uh, where, um, well, I guess just to say it's not amicable. This is not, this yeah. is not, you know, I'm, I'm resigning. Thank you very much. I'm going to write, I'll write you a letter of recommendation. Yeah. My gut tells me that this is a resignation before, you know, he was, you know, bef- before they were going to, before some sort of reassignment or, or termination, I think, right. I, I think, I think the district was going to part ways with coach Walsh either on his terms or on their own terms. And I think coach Walsh decided to resign and do it on his own terms. Is my, that's what my gut tells me. So um, can you? In that uh, and, and so now, obviously, look, Denton Geyer is a plum gig. Uh, yeah. You know, you not not only is it a, is it a strong program, it is you know obviously uh, what Denton Ryan is doing is impressive. Obviously, Denton Braswell is is, is I think doing well. I, I still have pretty you know pretty high hopes for for what Billy Miller can do at Denton High. Um, all of those things. It's it, but Denton Geyer is you know it's one of the most preeminent jobs in the state. Absolutely. Um, and and so, do you have a uh, do you have a, a gut feel on where they would go? Do you have sources that are indicating um, where they're looking? Uh, obviously, you probably can't name names, but uh, do do they have somebody in mind? Yes, I'm I'm fairly I'm 99 sure they've got a guy in mind. I, I teased it on Twitter. It's it's a current head coach uh, in the DFW area um, from a very successful program. So. That, that's kind of where well, – so Joey Florence, if you look at Joey Florence, the athletic director in his hiring history, he, he tends to hire guys that he has a clear connection with. You know, you look at when he, he hired um, Dave Hennigan at Denton Ryan, an old old assistant um, there at, at Denton. Um, uh, Denton Ryan. Hennigan, Hennigan, before he got the Corsicana job, was an assistant at Denton Ryan. Um, he had a previous relationship. Um, Billy Miller was a former Denton Ryan assistant, the Denton High coach. Uh, Cody Moore at Braswell, when he hired Cody Moore, they had worked together previously. Cody Moore was a, the offensive coordinator at Rockwall before he um, opened up Braswell. So somebody with ties to Joey Florence, either that he's got a, already got a previous relationship with or he's worked with in the past. Um, is who I would look for as far as candidates, and 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 Florence has Florence has got got a plan already because when 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 Cody Moore left Braswell for what thirty six hours to supposedly take the Plano job, um, yeah. 
Florence had already contacted at least one candidate and had him on campus at Brasswell. Like the next day that that coach was on campus taking a look at the facilities at Brasswell. So Joey Florence is going to have, he's, he's going to have three or four guys that he's narrowed, narrowed it down to that he's going to contact and talk to. Um, but I, I've been told he's got one candidate um, that, that he's, that, it's kind of the lead dog right now. Now we'll see if that candidate um, takes the job um, or if he decides to stay at his current employer. It, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously you don't have jobs for teams that played for state championships and Oh yeah. Also return, you know, their star quarterback. Obviously we'll see uh, what the, what the status uh, of, of Eli Stowers is obviously after his injury in the state championship game. I have, a little, I have a little update on that. I, I talked to a source very close to the situation on Stowers and his uh, rehab. And I've been told that, that as of now, he's about three weeks ahead of schedule um, in his rehab, um, which is great news. Um, he's a hell of a player and, and fun to watch. And, he's, and, he, and most importantly, he's a great kid. Um, in my interactions with him, he's been just been a fantastic kid. You tell he's, 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 a, he's, his dad was a former head coach. He's a coach's kid. Um, he, he's really a good grounded kid. And so I hope the best for him is it sucked to see him go out like that in a state championship last year. But uh, I've been told he's about three weeks ahead of schedule and, and they're, you know, the, the target, I think, I think that what they would like is to have him ready for district play next year. Um, I don't think there's any reason to risk him um, in non-district. Um, I, I, my guess is is that the, the goal is to have uh, Eli ready to go um, for the start of district play. So there's there's one uh, big job open there at Denton Geyer. Um, let's talk. Let's say the DFW Metroplex, and let's talk about one of the you know one we can say big job because it's one of the largest schools in the state, uh, and that's Plano High. Um, Plano High, of course, you 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 may have seen. A couple of weeks ago with the Cody Moore situation, Cody Moore, of course, a very highly thought of coach at Den Braswell, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. basically agreed to the job, was approved by the school board. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was all it was done and dusted. And then he decided he had a change of heart and went back. And you saw I think everybody saw that that really, you know, I think, you know, for Braswell fans and for for Braswell supporters, the really heartfelt, really fun video uh, for, for Plato folks. Maybe not of a, 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 a little salt in the wound. Of Cody Moore telling his kids that he's going to stay there, um, which is you know it's very very cool. Obviously, he has a lot of affection for for his kids in that that program. Um, so I guess the question is, well, two questions. One, why is Plano apparently going to be on their second choice? And two, but you know, obviously, Cody Moore likes it at Braswell. But the other part of it is do you get the sense that they have identified some people have identified some candidates or are they still, you know, here March 18th, are they still kind of wandering in the woods? So as far as the, the Cody Moore to Plano, here's what I think happened. And I don't have any, um, I I actually have not spoken to coach Moore um, quite some time. Um, So really haven't gotten the firsthand account of what happened. But my guess is, is when number one, Make no mistake about it. Everyone I've talked to says in four years, Braswell is going to be the job in Denton. Like that with the, with the growth patterns in Denton and, and where the, where the growth is and the subdivisions, Braswell in four years is going to be the premier job in Denton. So that's that. But I, I think coach Moore, you look at the jump from five AD two to six, a it's a big jump. And I, I think uh, probably just looking at things, Braswell, the next couple of years is going to have a, a quite an adjustment, especially in that district where you're playing guy or you're playing Allen 
you're playing Prosper, you're playing McKinney, you're playing McKinney Boyd. That's a really good district. Um, so there was probably some trepidation there. But I think what happened was is when when, Co- when word got out that Coach Moore took the job, my guess is his phone blew up with a bunch of people going, dude, what are you doing? You, you, you have a better job right now. And I think – there, there, there's that. Um, it's possible that Coach Moore didn't have a chance to look at the facilities before he took the job. Because I, I know for a fact one coach that's been hired at Plano um, that's no longer there, when he was hired, he didn't have a chance to tour the facilities before he took the job. And it, so it's a chance that there's probably a chance that Moore accepted the job and then got a chance to take a look at the facilities and was like, eh, I got better facilities where I'm at. So there's that as well. But, but my gut tells me that it, it was more coach Moore, just, you know, his phone blew up and folks got in his ear. And I think he realized the potential that Braswell has down the road uh, to be an elite program, maybe merited him staying um, at Braswell. Now that is, that is, that's not good for Plano because it's a black eye for them. It's, it's not great for, it's not a great look. I don't care how you spin it. If you're a Plano fan, um, it's public knowledge that they're not, they're, they're going to be hiring their second choice. Um, so that's never good. Um, so I, I, they, they are, I know they brought in guys for interviews. One guy's name that I've heard, and I'll, I'll mention his name because he doesn't have a job right now was former Lovejoy head coach, Todd Ford. Um, mm. I've, I've, I've heard his name at least in the mix for the Plano job um, and, and his name thrown around. I've heard a couple of coordinators from really good programs uh, thrown around as well. Um, so, I, I, the plan is going to get a quality candidate, I think, but obviously it's not going to be, you know, Cody Moore was at least in, in theory, their number, their number one choice. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't know if they're actually going to make a hire or we're going to have to, we're, we're in a holding pattern, so to speak. Um, and this holding pattern is going to, I think, impact a lot of other jobs around, around the state because a lot of folks aren't interviewing now. And then a lot of guys who, you know, it's just it's it's kind of brought the coaching carousel kind of to a, a grinding halt for the most part. So it's it's it'll be interesting. That's a, that's going to be a big domino to fall whenever Plano does make uh, their move. Uh, some other jobs that have come open or at least have been filled. Um, Kingwood has made a hire, and I think this kind of flew under the radar. Maybe I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's because you were on vacation. I don't know what it was. But back in the earlier part of this month, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Barry Campbell stepped down at Kingwood. Uh, and they have hired. They have made what I think is actually a pretty savvy hire uh, in, in bringing Kale Melton, the defensive coordinator from from Highland Park, uh, to be their to be their new head coach. Obviously, moving DFW to uh, to Houston, but that was one that I like. I feel like flew under the radar. Maybe people just didn't notice. Maybe it was just going on at the same time. Some other big you know, coaching changes. But you know, uh, Highland Park doesn't tend to lose a ton of uh, uh, you know assistance. Randy Allen, you know, he, he, he can hold on to some guys, but this, this one kind of came out, this, this one kind of surprised me. Yeah. You don't, you know, Highland Park for all the success they've had, their, their assistants typically don't take head coaching jobs um, yeah. for whatever reason. I, I think that just speaks to the kind of place that Highland Park is and people go there and want to stay. Um, <clears throat> but for, for Umble ISD um, to, to lure a, a coordinator from, from a program like Highland Park down there is, is, is a great hire for them. And, and, you know, Kingwood and Highland Park are, you know, they have some demographic similarities. Um, you know, this, we're talking upper middle class to, to, to fairly wealthy uh, clientele. So I think there, there's, there's a, a fit there as far as the student population demographics. And, and uh, you know, I think Coach Melton 
it'll be interesting to see how he does. He's he's proven himself to be an excellent defensive coordinator, and uh, I, I think you know it's it's a it's a great hire for Umbel ISD and for Kingwood. Speaking of defensive coordinators making moves, um, Longview is looking for a new defensive coordinator. Uh, as as Casey Pierce is leaving uh, Longview to go and take over at his alma mater in Breckenridge uh, for uh, for Casey Hubble. Casey Hubble, of course, uh, moved to Canton, uh, and so Breckenridge is open. Uh, always fun to see an alum take take a job, and so you know, very cool for uh, for for Coach Pierce. Uh, his first head coaching job, yes. Yes, yeah. His his dad was was the head coach at Breckenridge for a couple of years in the early '80s, and his dad is still the I think, contract athletic trainer. And 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 his dad also runs the Abilene Seven on Seven tournament. So I've actually worked with uh, Coach Pierce's father uh, quite a bit um, in the past uh, at the Abilene Seven on Seven tournament. Great family, and and I know it's a it's a great thing for for Coach Pierce to uh, come back to his alma mater and, and, and actually talked to coach King uh, a couple days ago at Longview. And he's actually got a couple of defensive positions that are opening up. So he'll be uh, looking in addition to a coordinator. I think he's looking for a couple of defensive assistants as well. So uh, there'll be, there'll be a little bit of a shakeup on the Lobos defensive staff as well, but I know coach King, he hated to lose coach Pierce, you know, quality coach like that, but he's also really excited for coach Pierce. Um, to get that head coaching job, and yeah. it's, it's it's a great thing for for thing and, and for for the his the Pierce family, and and I think he'll he'll the biggest thing at Breckenridge I think is he's got to get the numbers up. Breckenridge is a three A Division one program, and their numbers had real they, they only had they they suited out like twenty three kids last year. So yeah. I think he's got to hit the hallways and get some kids back out in the program. Um, another one, and and uh, this one I think kind of came down right before the the world collapsed on itself like a dying star um was um dallas carter was a new coach um patrick patrick williams was there for uh, for nine seasons uh mm-hmm. he is he is he is out and they have turned to spencer gilbert the lancaster offensive coordinator uh mm-hmm. and i know that uh i know that uh, chris gilbert was very effusive in his praise uh, of, uh, of of dallas carter making this hire uh, he hates to lose his offense coordinator, but Spencer Gilbert getting the job at Dallas Carter uh, certainly certainly qualifies as notable. I would say. Yeah, great uh, great hire for Dallas ISD and 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 Coach Gilbert. No relation to Chris Gilbert. They, they weren't related, ironically. Uh, but but I think uh, Coach Gilbert at Carter, Spencer Gilbert, uh, you know, he's excited about the challenge. And I I think he'll do um, good things at Carter. It's, you know. Coach Williams had done a great job there. He was a Carter alum, played for Coach James. He played on that famous '88 Carter team. Um, but you know, sometimes things you know you just need a change, and I think after nine, almost ten, almost a decade, uh, you know, Carter just need, needed a little bit of a shakeup, and I think Coach Gilbert uh, will do good things there. And then you know, Coach Gilbert lost another assistant. It's it's not a, a not to a Texas school, but his offensive line coach Derek Adams um, mm-hmm. took a job in uh, at Douglas High School in Oklahoma City. Um, so he's now. Um, a head coach, but in, in Oklahoma. So uh, congrats to coach Adams and, uh, and I'm sure he'll do a good job up there in uh, Oklahoma city. Um, the other big hire that I think you know, we didn't, we didn't have a chance to talk about was uh, how about Cy Fair hiring uh, Jeff Miller from Rockdale. How about that? That came down. Yeah, that came down. I think kind of in that kind of weird period between you going on vacation and the whole world blowing up. Do you think um, me going on vacation is what caused this? Do you think that's what happened? I think so. okay. Everybody not, waits for you to be there, but yeah. Um, yeah, Jeff Miller from Rockdale takes the job uh, at Cy Fair. I always, knowing Jeff Miller, and I don't, I'm not going to claim to know him as, as, you know, like, like his best friend, but just knowing what I know about Jeff Miller and in the conversations that I've had with him, he has a great, 
great love for Rockdale. He loves that community. Yes, he does. He does. It was always going to take a really, really special uh, opportunity to get him away from there. Uh, And and obviously, um, that is, uh, you know, that that kind of qualifies. He's an alum of SciFair. Mm-hmm. And this is this is going home for him. Uh, yeah, this is one of those things that uh, you know how like every once in a while, whenever Kansas State needs a new coach, they always talk about Gary Patterson as if Gary Patterson's ever leaving TCU. Uh, but this is that same thing that it's got to be that super special job. And this was obviously maybe like the one job he would leave Rockdale. Absolutely. And, you know, Coach Miller is a, a legend in Fair. You know, he was the quarterback of their first really great team that they had, I think, in. 85 or 86, they had a they had a great team. It was the first great team out of Cy Fair, and they went all the way to the semifinals, and they lost by three uh, to Odessa Permian that year. But but Coach Miller was the quarterback of that team, and, and obviously he uh, is there's there's a lot of fond memories uh, there. And, and I know when Cy Fair, you know, ironically when Rockdale won the state title in 17, Cy Fair won it that same weekend, and I know Coach yeah. Miller was on the sidelines for that game, and he he was very supportive, he's very very proud Cy Fair alum. And I think it took a job like this to lure him away from Rockdale. Um, and I, but I, I think you're going to see uh, pretty much. I don't think you're going to see a lot of changes in Cy Fair and how they operate. I think Coach Miller, he was very close with a lot of coaches on that staff. I believe he played for Coach Pajowski when Coach Pajowski was a, uh, an assistant at Cy Fair. So I think you're probably going to see pretty much same old Cy Fair football uh, under Coach Miller. I don't, I don't think you're going to see a lot of changes, and I think you're going to see Cy Fair win a lot of football games. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's certainly something to keep an eye on. He he makes that leap from from three A up to six A uh, to go to his alma mater. A, a few more I want to touch on. Um, what can you tell me about Henrietta? Uh, this seems weird. So Henrietta, uh, um, um, Byron West has been the head coach at Henrietta for for a decade and a half, and has been, I think, pretty good. Been the best coach um, I've had in school history. Yeah. Uh, but he he does not he gets his contract non renewed and, and basically says okay I'm out of here resigns. Um, do you have any idea what's going on in Henrietta? You know it was kind of a weird situation that when the board first you know there was some confusion as far as in late February if the board decided to uh, either not I think it was right around President's Day weekend they decided to either not renew him but some people the the district officially said they tabled his contract. Um, and then the next day, there was a big school board meeting. A lot of people in the community showed up to support Coach West. Um, but apparently, Coach West saw the writing on the wall and just went on ahead and decided to resign uh, before his contract ran out. I mean, you know, I get it. I mean, uh, it's it's not great for Coach West. He's had a lot of success there. Um, but the school board, obviously, they were not they weren't bound to renew his contract if they didn't want to. And so, you know, this is kind of one of those things. I, I, I apparently the school board just decided that it was time things had gotten stale uh, and it was time to shake things up a little bit. And, and I, I can understand that after 15 years, that's, that's, a, that's a, that's a great run um, at any one place. And so it's, it's just, you know, you talk to any coaches and it's kind of part of the business, you know, where, where the school board just can just elect not to, re, not to renew your contract. And that's just kind of yeah. part of the part of the business. Um, I'll be interested to see what direction they go. I have not heard if they've even started interviews up yet. I think the whole spring break and uh, coronavirus thing has really uh, kind of thrown things into a, a bit of a standstill at Henrietta. Two more things I want to ask you about. Um, one of them is probably the biggest, I mean, maybe the biggest name hire uh, that, that's happened in, in the past few uh, weeks, which would be at Burleson. Uh, look, when when Kevin Ozee 
took over at Burleson as their as their athletic director. Um, I think it was easy to see that he he likes splashy hires. He I think that's fair to say. Yeah, he, he does. He he likes splashy hires. Um, he made a splash in this one. Uh, yeah. as he brings in John Kidna to, 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 to take on the, to the Elks. And this was kind of one I think I had a beat on pretty early. I remember I put it in our Slack chat. We were talking about it. Um, it was, I think, the day or the two days after Coach Ozzy was named, um, Kitna was on campus. Because Burleson's ex-head coach, Gary McElroy, left right around that same time to take the Peaster job, which now Peaster, ironically, is going to add it into the UIL. They're playing UIL football next year. That's another story. Um, but uh, I think two days after that, Coach Ozzy uh, and Kitna and the superintendent, I believe, had taken a tour of the, of the facilities. And I remember texting Coach Kitna and saying, hey, I heard you were in town. Uh, good luck, you know, on the process. And, you know, Coach Ozzy's a great AD to work for. He texted me right away. He's like, how did you know? And I was like, man, I got, <laughs> I got, I got sources everywhere, Coach. So, uh, but Coach Kitna, obviously, uh, you know, I thought he did a pretty good job at Waxahachie. Um, you know, I, I think he learned some things in his three years at Waxahachie, um, you know, and, and, and really, you know, his situation really divided the town. And I, and I think uh, part of that was, you know, cause coach Kitna, when they asked him to take the job, it was very late in the process. And he had a list of demands that he, he wanted to take the job. And all he did was ask for those demands, but the, the administration, met those demands. So is that Kidna's fault that he asked for something? And I mean, is that your, is it your fault when you ask for a $300,000 a year salary and they give it to you? I mean, no. it's kind of like, you know, not, not Kidna didn't have a $300,000 a year salary, but he asked for a, a lot of things to happen and, and the district gave him those things. So, but I think he's learned from, from that and, and kind of knows uh, what's going on now. And I think Burleson uh, is going to kind of do a uh of managing that, but but make no mistake about it, Coach Kitna um, does a good job on in, with X's and O's and between the lines. And I, I think his kids play for him hard and they love him. And uh, it doesn't hurt that he's got a three-star Division One recruit quarterback as a son that Burleson automatically inherits. So um, big hire there for Burleson, and and, and I think uh, it's it'll be interesting to see Coach Kitna after spending a year at the Cowboys back in Texas high school football. Uh, one more before we before we get into other things. Um, I would like to talk a moment about because I think this is kind of under the radar. Um, I don't know if people necessarily saw what happened at Klein Forest. Um, uh, Klein Forest, uh, Johnny Sanders stepped down after four years. They've been struggling for a while. I think that's probably why uh, you know this has kind of flown under the radar a little bit, but. Um, this is, they go and they hire, they promote their, they, they promote their, uh, or they, they, I'm sorry, they hire Klein Oaks wide receiver coach who happens to be one of the best players to ever come out of Klein forest. Uh, it's Jonathan Wilson. Um, Jonathan Wilson, the former Kansas wide receiver, um, who was, who was really, really good at Klein forest for, uh, for, for a couple of years. Uh, I feel like that's going to the radar. Yeah, it's a very good hire. I mean, he, he had been on staff at Klein Oak with Jason Glenn, and Coach Glenn speaks very highly of him. And I, I think bringing, you know, Klein Forest has really struggled recently. And I think bringing an alum in who, who has a personal connection to the campus and the community um, will hopefully uh, do, do some good things for, for the Golden Eagles and kind of get them back uh, to playing competitive football. Because that minute, those Klein schools, they, they are, I mean, they're all pretty good except for Forest. I mean, you look at it, you got Klein Collins, Klein Oak. 
Klein and even Klein Kane uh, turned, you know, their second year had a great year. So that Klein ISD uh, loop is, is extremely competitive and a lot of good football played. So hopefully uh, he can get Forrest uh, up uh, playing better football and get them uh, back to a competitive level. Um, I got, I got a little tease for you. Uh, Perryton up in the panhandle is uh really close to making their hire. Um, I've been told there is going to be a change at Perryton. Stephen Corsi, if it's a weird situation at Perryton, uh, the AD and head football coach positions were split. The basketball coach was the AD and coach Corsi was the head football coach. Well, the district decided to combine when the basketball coach left, the district decided to combine the AD head football coach position. Um, but coach Corsi basically had to reapply and interview for his job, which is never a, a great sign. Um, and I don't think Coach Corsi is going to get the job. Um, I've been told they're down to two finalists. One is a – I don't think you know this. I'll have to put this in the slack. Uh, one is a very uh, successful head coach at the small school level in South Texas. Um, and the other one is a uh, current he, – he was a, he, he's a former head coach in West Texas, um, but he had some success at a small school in South Texas as well. But, but both of them have ties um, to that Panhandle South Plains area. So – um, those two guys are the finalists, and I've been told that even with the whole slowdown with coronavirus, that Perryton should have a decision uh, coming uh, in the next week or so. So, um, Interesting. And I will say, as far as the John Walsh situation goes, um, I have heard his name already associated with um, at least one open job in the DFW area. So, um, I, you know, I, I think I, it, it'll be – if he, he doesn't get that job, I think he may – just be out of coaching for a year because coach Walsh, I believe has a daughter at Geyer who's going to be a senior next year and plays volleyball. And I'm pretty sure he does not want to move her. So unless the job is in the Dallas Fort Worth area, I'm not sure he, he'd leave um, for a job out of the area. So uh, if he doesn't land a job in Dallas, I think you may see him not coaching in 2020. Of course, we've got all the new latest Texas high school football coaching changes at texasfootball.com. We're keeping those up to date. And, of course, uh, Step's got all of his step bombs. It's step bomb season on Twitter. Still um, is. Coronavirus can't stop the step bomb. So let's let's finish this up uh, with a little bit of uh, quarantine talk. We're all going to be sitting in our houses for the foreseeable future. Um, and you should be. I, I want to be clear. You should mm-hmm. sit stay home. home. Stay home. Um, so uh, here's a, here's a question. Because so today, both the NFL Game Pass and the NBA League Pass uh, went free. They said, hey, f- until May 31st, you can access every NFL game basically since like 2009. Uh, and you can access any NBA game, I think, from this season. Uh, and you can watch those. Here's my question. Does old replays of games, does that do anything for you? Mm, a little bit. I'm not a huge game replay guy, but occasionally I, I like to watch game highlights, though. Um, so old highlights mm-hmm. are always – I like to pull up old highlights from YouTube. And, okay, and check, so you're a guy who wants up. to go and, and check check the highlights of the big game as opposed to watch it from stem to stern. Well, live, I'll, I'll watch it from stem to stern, live. But if I already know what's going to happen, my attention span, my ADD kicks in pretty fast, and I'll I'll start to multitask or do other things. So past games, I, I want to watch the highlights. But if it's a current game, I'll watch it stem to stern live, no problem. But the old games, I'll just watch the highlights. Got it. Okay. So um, then then what what are you going to be doing? Uh, obviously, we've got magazine stuff, but in order to stay sane over the next 
however long. How are you? What What are you going to be doing? So I have a day job. So yeah. Monday Monday through Friday during the day, I am pretty tied up with my day job. Um, and obviously there's a lot going on there at my, my day job. So uh, that keeps me pretty busy during the day at the moment. Um, but in the evenings, you know, it's pretty much, uh, you know, working on the magazine will definitely uh, keep me busy. Um, so coaches, turn in your questionnaires. We would love Thank to you. have your question. Yeah, you know, I know you got some downtime, so why not get it out of the way? Um, so turn, you know, magazine will, will work will be busy. And then it's just a lot of, uh, you know, between Skyping with the wife and talking to the kids, um, just kind of watching. I'm, 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 I'm a big animal show. Like, I love watching, like, Nat Geo Wild and just watching, like, oh. different things on Nat Geo Wild. Um, I'm a history dork. Um, one of our DCTF uh, reviewers, Matt McSpadden, sent me a 285-episode World War II podcast. Here for it. Uh, Dan Carlin's hardcore history. Love that. Yeah. So love those things. Uh, and then, uh, and then I got some Netflix. So I, uh, I, I already finished Narcos Mexico season two. So I'm, I'm watching queen of the South now. So the, the drug dealer genre is big in my house. Those shows always fascinate me. So I'm watching queen of the South. I may go back and rewatch Narcos. So, um, cause I just love Narcos. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the, the, the things that keep me pretty busy and I'm, I'm going to catch up on some sleep. I'm going to try to get eight hours of sleep every night. Why not? Yeah. You might as well stay healthy. Uh, yeah. and, and one thing, one thing you mentioned and, and you threw this out on Twitter that I think that there's a lot of people who have never worked from home or they've done it like a day, you know what I mean? Um, and, and you had some really helpful tips. Uh, one of, one of which was, uh, and I've been doing this every morning is get up shower, get dressed, act as if you're going to the office, like act, yes. act as if, because if you sit around in your jammies all day, I promise you, uh, you're not going to get as much done. Yeah. Um, you know, when you blend the work and the home environment, you've got to set some boundaries. Now I'm not saying set boundaries on everything, but I do think you have to set some boundaries. And I think that's one big one is, is just get up, get dressed, start your day. The shower kind of, kind of sets the day in motion and kind of, it kind of, you kind of hit the reset button uh, from, yeah. you know, sleeping overnight and that kind of thing. So um, that's a big one for me. Um, it just, it, when I, I, mean, I work from home every day for almost a year when I lived in Canada. And uh, that was one big thing that I would do every morning. I would get up and I'd shower, I'd get dressed. I'd have some routine in place. You know, I'm, I'm a kind of a creature of habit. So the, the taking a shower in the morning and getting dressed kind of helps me get into that morning uh, routine, so to speak, because that's what I would do if I was leaving for work. I would get up and take a shower and get dressed for work. And the only difference is I'm not getting in my truck and driving to work. So I want to set that routine up. Um, I guess the other, the other ones I had, and these, like I said, these aren't all, everybody doesn't have to do every one of these things. But these, these things work for me uh, is the television. I'm not used yeah. to working with a television. I know you, in the office, you guys, you and Ish are always in, in Will and Ashley and Shahan are always watching a different sporting event. Um, me, I'm not used to that. So when I first started working from home, um, I had the TV on and that was super not productive for me because I would stop and watch TV. Uh, you know, it also didn't help that it was right around when the Olympics were going on in 2012. Um, so I was watching random sports in the Olympics. Um, so I had to, the TV. I can do radio and I can listen to the ticket. That's kind of my yeah. during the day thing is I listen to the ticket in Dallas. Um, but TV is a distraction for me. Um, and so I don't, uh, can't watch it. Um, 
I think the other one was uh, other one another one I mentioned was get out getting getting some fresh air. So my gym is closed. So no fat arm Friday right now. So I try to no! get out. I know, I know. It's no fat arm Friday. I got some put. I got some push up bars that I have, but other no, no curls right now. So, um, but I get out and I and I get out and get some fresh air on my lunch break, and I'll, I'll go for a run in the neighborhood and, and and get just get a little cardio in and get a little sweat going and. And that helps for sure. Even, even if you're not going to exercise, we just get outside and go for a walk around the block and just get yeah. some fresh air is good. And, and then the other, the other one I think is getting just, you know, taking a break, you know, get, a, get away from your computer. Cause at, at, in the office, you have these natural breaks where someone comes and talks to you. You go screw around in the break room for a minute. You go to the vending machine, you go talk to your coworker. It, when you're at home, you don't have those breaks. So get up, you know, take, take some breaks, get away from your computer, stretch, Go put a load of, load of laundry in the washing machine. Go do something else besides work for five or 10 minutes here and there just to get away from the computer. Well, and your what's funny, uh, funny is a weird word, but, but what's interesting is that your quarantine is going to be so much different than mine because I have young kid. Like yes. I have a, I have a, I have a 15 month old who basically like requires constant attention. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you can't, like, I can't be like, Hey, you know, why don't you go play by yourself? Like, he, yeah, he, no, they don't really know how to do that. He's, um, he's not worried about your quarantine. No, he needs supervision. And so, but, but I'm choosing to use that as like uh, a positive in the sense, obviously my kid's a positive. I want to be clear, but um, what I'm, what I mean by that is this is a, this is an opportunity that I'm going to take a break. Like I'll take a, like I'll work for two hours and I'll go take a 30 minute break and I'll go hang out with Hank or, you know, he, he has a wagon and we will go for a walk in the wagon around the, the neighborhood and stuff like that. But that also means like, I'm not, and I think that this is, this is probably a positive thing. Now I have a home office and I close the door because if, if I didn't, Hank would just wander in here and just, you know, wreak havoc. But, um, but the, the one thing that, that I think is going to be good is that I'm not just going to sit around and watch TV for nine hours. Like I, like I can't do that anyway. Like that's just not how I'm wired. I can't, I can't do that. I've got to be productive in some sort of way. And so I am going to, um, that's one thing that's, that's very interesting is, is, is that I'm going to, I'm going to try to, uh, you know, this is probably going to limit my TV watching, which is probably good because I, I just feel like I, I, that doesn't make me feel good. There's, I know everybody's like, Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're going to, I'm going to binge watch this and that. And I'm like, I can't do that. I, that's not me. I I am Go ahead. I am. I, I was going to say I am catching up on Better Call Saul. That is my my current my current jam. There you go. Yeah. I mean, so. the, yeah. I think the biggest thing is have a routine, keep to your routine, and and try to make that you know your daily your new norm. You know, try yeah. try to make that your new norm. So, uh, and if you have a fifteen month old, uh, you're gonna be really busy. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, it's just like a full time job, just a different job. Um, okay. Well, that's going to do it for us. Um, and thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Thanks for, uh, you know, tell a friend uh, about this podcast, tell them to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. As I mentioned, we're going to try to do these a little bit more frequently so that you have a little bit of, uh, quarantainment. How about that? There you go. Oh yeah. One, tra- trademark way, that. I am looking for a word because one thing I want to do while I'm in quarantine, well, I'm, and to be clear, I'm not in quarantine. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm, you're socially distancing. You're socially distancing. Socially yeah. distancing. We need a word, and somebody's going to come up with it. Someone much smarter than me. We need a word 
for using the quarantine to get absolutely yoked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. my goal. I want, I want, I want to use this social, uh, social isolation to get like in like really good shape. It's probably not going to happen. I'm probably just going to eat terrible food, but I want to, I want to try. See, I'm eating better. I'm eating better because I'm not eating out. I'm, I'm very tempted. if right. I'm, I'll just go to the drive through or I'll go out and grab a bite to eat. Now I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to go out to eat. I've got food here. I'll just eat the food here. And it's usually healthier than going out to eat. So I'm actually so far, uh, I've been eating better. So I'll try yeah. to turn it into a positive. Yes, exactly. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider and Steph. Thanks for your courage. Thanks, sir. We'll see you next time on Tep and Steph.